Let's pray. Father, we are thankful to have an opportunity in the middle of the week to focus our minds specifically on You and Your Word and the things You have done for us and Your will and commands uh, for us. We, we thank You that You've given us Your Word, Your Gospels, the good news about Your Son. So help us understand and believe these things, Lord and renew our minds by Your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for Teresa. We do not know her status. And for the short family, we ask Your mercy upon them and that You would raise her up and that You would bring lasting relief to this, Lord, physical affliction. We know we have the power and the ability. We, we trust in Your will, but Lord, that's our desire. We set it before You as our Heavenly Father. Lord, we, we pray for the progress of your gospel in our church, our city, and our land. And we pray that we'll be faithful and we would not be ashamed of you. Protect us, Lord, from the evil one and the evil of our own hearts. We thank you that you keep us. Uh, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. Okay. We're studying across the whole New Testament, uh, one step at a time, and we're studying both historically, trying to understand the historical events and all those details. And our emphasis the last couple weeks has been back over to the historical part. And tonight, we're going to focus on chronology, the order of events in the life of Christ. And... We're not going to do the easy part tonight. <laughs> We're going to do the hard part tonight. Uh, because we've reached that point in our study uh, where the last six months is particularly difficult to get all the events in order. And so I want you to see uh, some of those events and I want you to see some of those difficulties when we try to reconstruct it. And what I mean by reconstructing it is we have four Gospels, don't we? We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we have four Gospels, and all the major events are the same. They all include the birth of Christ. They include his teaching. They include him at attending the Passover. And they include his the final week of his death and his resurrection and all those major events, but they each select different details. Okay, so we're covering a period of either two and a quarter to three and a quarter years, and we're covering ministry seven days a week. <laughs> okay, so you can multiply 365 by, you know, two, that's what? That's 730 days. <laughs> All right. So there's this large volume of material and events, teaching, and all of this, which each gospel author has selected a certain amount of that material and given their account. And we've talked about that in the past. That each gospel author has a bit of a different focus. And so they've selected the material based on the particular focus which they have. And so we're blessed by having four Gospels because we have four accounts. 
and uh, with different focuses. Now, naturally, we being the inquisitive types that we have been created to be, well, we have four Gospels, so we want to put them all together, right? We want to put all the pieces together. And uh, so that's kind of what we've been doing uh, as we're doing an introduction to everything in the New Testament. So we're going to focus on chronology and... Uh, let's do some high-level chronology to start out. So on your chart there, I'm going to zoom in here so we can see the very, go to the very bottom of the chart, the, the, the stuff on the bottom of the chart. And actually, it's from the Gospel of John that we actually get the major timeline. And the way we get it is from his references to the Jewish feast. Now, if you've been with us, you've noticed that above Matthew, Mark, and Luke, how many times do they reference feast? Never. They don't reference the feast. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John does. And so we know on a calendar, and we know in year 30 to 33 AD, we know when those feasts are. We know that from extra biblical history. We know that from the Old Testament. And we know from extra biblical history, uh, pretty accurately, when the Jews celebrated those major feasts. So our basic chronology of the New Testament is coming from the Gospel of John. And if you look at the bottom of the chart here, over on the left, we have Passover 1, the first Passover that Jesus attended. And that's where he met Nicodemus. And uh, after that Passover, well, before that Passover, the first miracle was up here in the wedding of Canaan. So these are the very early events here on the left. And uh, can you guys see that from there? Okay, I'm going to switch over to the hand tool here. Because this is the early Judean ministry, the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And so we have Passover number one. And John makes it very clear while Jesus is attending the Passover. Now, as we go forward on our major outline... One of the ambiguities comes up in John chapter 5, verse 1. And I'll show you the text of Scripture here. But this is the unidentified feast. John makes reference to a feast, but he doesn't tell us what feast it is. And let me me show you that here. Okay, and I actually have it here. John 5, verse 1. Now, there's a big chronological break here between chapter 4, verse 54, and chapter 5, verse 1. There could be an entire year right here that John doesn't cover. But John picks up his account. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So what does that tell you when it says, And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So where was he prior to the feast? Galilee. 
what? Galilee. Yeah, he went south, but going up in the Bible is toward Jerusalem. Okay, so when it says he went up, and now let me, I'll show, let me show you the map. Can you see that? Let's go a little bigger. All right, so here's Jerusalem in the south, okay? Jerusalem, Bethany, Bethphage. So when you go up to Jerusalem, you're coming from the north. So more than likely, he's coming from Galilee. And we know the majority of his ministry is in the north. And so John has him coming from somewhere in the north. He's going all the way south uh, to the feast here at Jerusalem is what's going on in John chapter 5, verse 1. But he does not say what feast it is. Okay. So, now when we get to John 7, verse 1, he says the same thing. But this time, we know what feast it is. Now after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. His brothers went up to the feast, and then and later, but after his brothers had gone up, he also went up to the feast, not openly, but in secret. So let's let's go back to our chart over here now. So here's where we are now on the bottom here. That was Passover 1. We know where that is. That unidentified feast, we don't know what this is. But then we know we have a Passover 2, John 6.4. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Now this gives us a connection to the synoptics because John is talking about the feeding of the 5,000. And that's one of the few miracles that's in all four Gospels. So we can synchronize John with Matthew, Mark, and Luke by this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Right. So that's, and then the next one John goes to is the Tabernacles one in John 7. So let's go back here one more time. So, Passover 1, unidentified feast, John chapter 5. This is where Jesus healed the man who had been crippled for 38 years. And it started that Sabbath controversy, and they wanted to kill him. This this was a, a, the first expression in the Gospel of John. Oh, this is a very important chapter, John chapter 5. Not only did he break the Sabbath, but what uh, what else did he do? He called God, he called God his father, and, and how do they interpret that? Making himself equal with God. Because he said, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. And what he did is, he made himself on equality with the father. The argument, what's the argument that he's making there, by the way? He healed on the Sabbath, and they told him that he's breaking the Sabbath. His argument is, 
right. And his argument is his father works on the Sabbath. Right? God doesn't rest on the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't made for God. God's not commanded to rest on the Sabbath. And that argument Jesus makes is my father is working until now and Jesus had just done this mighty miracle. So the father works on the Sabbath and Jesus is saying, I have the right to work on the Sabbath also. And they understood a claim to deity. And they started to pick up stones or, you know, I forget the specifics, but, but they, uh, yeah, so that's at this, that's at this, uh, unidentified feast. That's all taking place in John chapter 5, which is the unidentified feast. And so, now in John 6, he says, the Passover of the Jews is at hand. And so, up here in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we've got the feeding of the 5,000 here, way up in the north. So, we can line them up. It's, we can't line them up precisely, but that miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, John is, is going to relate it to Jesus' teaching at Passover too. Because he feeds the 5,000 and by, he creates bread. Okay? He gives them manna, the pass. So, so we know, we know that this is a Passover. Now here's where the ambiguity comes in. What is this? Now, if this feast is a Passover, then there's two years between here and here. But if this feast is a feast of tabernacles or feast of dedication, then there's only one year between here and here. So that's the, that's the biggest chronological ambiguity in the Gospels. It depends on what this feast is. Okay? Because we, we go from Passover in the spring, Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, Feast of Dedication in the winter, and back to spring, Feast of Passover again. And I labeled these other ones that way. So we, we go from spring, Passover, fall, tabernacles, winter, feast of dedication, spring, Passover. That's the cycle. So this is kind of review, cause, but anyways, just high level, depending what this is, I don't show it as a Passover. And the reason being is I, I don't think it was a Passover. Because John makes a point of pointing out every other Passover. He points out Passover 1. He says the Passover 2 is near. And then when he gets to the third one, he says the Passover, you know, Jesus arrived six days before the Passover. He always mentions the Passover. So, uh, but there's, you know, uh, the faith doesn't stand or fall on whether, whether Christ's public ministry is two and a quarter years long or three and a quarter years long. So that that's the impact. And you can't figure it out from the synoptics. <laughs> so anybody have a, a thought or question there? You're just I w- want you to see those major chronological... So our lesson tonight is on chronology. So. 
have a question about a definition. Okay. What does ambiguity mean? Oh, uncertain. Okay. Uncertain. Oh, right. Oh. Ambiguous. Ambiguity. This is ambiguous. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's a it's a good word. It's not quite. It's overlaps with uncertainty. So those are the major um, major events. Now let's go to your notes, and we'll go down to a little lower detail on page 138. So looking up here at the chart and on 138, where we stopped last week was in Capernaum, in the city of Galilee, Capernaum. Jesus is going south. And he's with his disciples in Capernaum. And we looked at some of his teaching there. Now, let me, I better read my own notes at this point. Uh, traveling to Jerusalem, harmonizing difficulties. One of the most challenging, ma- challenging matters when studying the Gospels and attempting to incorporate the data from all four Gospels to reconstruct precise Lee Jesus' movements relates to this three to six month period of his traveling to Jerusalem. So now we're on this, we're on this period of three to six months. It's after the transfiguration up to the triumphal entry is the period that we are on. So we call that traveling to Jerusalem. And this is mentioned in Luke and Matthew and Mark. But John doesn't mention it. <laughs> but but let's I want you to see those references. They all make reference to this particular transition in time in Jesus' public ministry. And I have it there. It's Luke nine fifty one. Okay, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Okay, that's the transition. And it might surprise you that it's only Luke chapter 9. There's 24 chapters in the Gospel of Luke. And when Luke gets to chapter 9, he's already saying we've reached the point where Jesus is going to make his... If we read this, he's going to make his final journey from the north to the south. But it's... It's more complicated than that. But, okay, so that's Luke's statement. Matthew 16.21. And we think all authors, all three authors are referring to the same event. Matthew 16.21. Okay. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem and that's when he begins to try to get it through their thick heads. I'm I'm thicker than theirs. (laughs) That he's going to suffer. And then Mark 9.30, Mark says the same thing. Okay. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it. They're departing from the transfiguration, and they're going south. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed in the hands of men. They will kill him, 
and after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying. They were afraid. And then he came to Capernaum and was in the house and so forth. So we're transitioning to him going south. Now, if we only had Matthew and Mark, we, there would be no difficulty since they closely follow each other. And let's go back to the chart. And um, if you have Matthew and Mark, you have a solid line here. They, they leave from the north, the Transfiguration. They go to Caesarea Philippi. That's where this is. They go down to Capernaum. And in Matthew and Mark, skip that dotted line and come all the way down here. Okay? And they're traveling to Jerusalem. And so in Matthew and Mark, you're going to go from Capernaum to them traveling to Jerusalem. And from there, you're going to show up in Jericho, which is in the south, getting close to Jerusalem. So Matthew and Mark are going to do that. But when we study Luke and John, we find out a bunch of other things went on <laughs> that Matthew and Mark didn't put in there. Okay, so, so that's what, that's what you'll find. And I show that by, you see the dotted line here. Okay, I'm inserting a bunch of things coming from purple. See the purple? Those events are unique to the Gospel of Luke. Only. Those are only in the Gospel of Luke. So that's what those purple events are. And so where to put those is very difficult to determine. I've stuck them in there. It doesn't mean that's they're in the right place. They're somewhere in this time. And so I've put them in there. But the dotted lines show you that we don't have a hard connection of the transition from Capernaum over here to Samaria. Here we're now into Samaria, in this region here. We're in Samaria. So that's what's represented on the chart. And that's all, And if you, it's explained in detail on these tables. See, the numbers, this is transition 42. If you look at this chart, some of you are relatively new with us, this chart, you'll notice numbers and letters in the left-hand column. So the numbers are transitions from one location to the next. And then the letters are the events. So, you know, if you, if you have your chart there, yeah, 41 is on there. Yeah, right. So look at transition 41. Secretly, remember he said he didn't want anyone to know it. Okay, he came into Galilee, but he didn't want anyone to know it. So transition 41 is secretly returned from Caesarea Philippi to Galilee to the house in Capernaum. And there's the references. Uh, that you could look it up. So the numbers are transitions and the black bars that are labeled are the events, a summary of what's taking place. So once you begin to read this, it, you can, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to read. There's just a lot of detail there. So, and then you see I inserted unique events from Luke. <laughs> you see that? Right here in the chart. That's this section beginning with 42, beginning with this dotted line. Got it? Leave Galilee, heading south through Samaria. Okay, that's what we learned from Luke. You wouldn't even know from Matthew and Mark that he went through Samaria. 
But we know from Luke, he went through Samaria and a, n- a number of in- interesting things took place. So, I mean, this is not surprising. I mean, the Gospels are only 25 pages. You know, so they selected what, what they desired to select. But it's nice for us to be, the more thoroughly we understand our New Testaments, the better, uh, the, the, be- the better off we are. So now what we have as far as some unique events from Luke are, I'm going to look at, I'm going to actually look at the chart here. What AP is, is the Samaritans right here up on the screen. We're in Samaria now, you notice. We're in the region of Samaria and we find out, let's pull up Luke 9.52 for a minute. They are traveling and what we find out is 9.51. We were here just a minute ago. He set his face to steadfastly go to Jerusalem uh, and he sent messengers to go before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him, but they did not receive him. So so now we know they've left Galilee and they're in Samaria. So let's now this let's jump back to the map. So they were in Capernaum, right there. So they left and now they're somewhere in Samaria over here. Okay. Oh, that's well, I'm a wild guess. Um, Twenty miles? Maybe it's more than that. Well, no, we're from Capernaum. Geography is my weakest point. Okay, so we're working on my my weakest area is is geography. But so so Luke now tells us we find out from Luke. As they're traveling, they are in Samaria. All right? And he sent out disciples in front of him to prepare a place for him. And, and we'll study the events later. So now back to the chronology chart here. So that's why we show him AP were in Samaria. Okay? And another, uh, now here's where it really gets dicey. I have no idea where to put this next Luke event, AQ. AQ, look at your chart. Dinner with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, where did they live? In the north or the south? For those of you that have been reading your Bibles for many years. What's that? Bethany. That's the name of the city. And where is Bethany? South, very close, two miles from Jerusalem. So somehow, Jesus goes from Samaria all the way south. Now notice down here, Bethany and Jerusalem. Because we're trying to figure out where to put this event. Now let's look at this for a moment. AQ is Luke 10. We were in Luke 9, so let's jump back over to Luke. And uh, there's a bunch of things that happen while they're traveling on the road, but when we get down to Luke 10, Luke includes this story. 
All right, when we get to Luke 10, now listen to this. 10.38. All right, he gives the Good Samaritan parable. Now that's interesting. He's been in Samaria, we think, when he does the Good Samaritan parable. If we're still where Luke says he was when they're traveling and and they went to a different Samaritan village, then he's actually in Samaria when he gives that parable. So, that, that, that's a maybe. Now, when we get to Luke, he told this rich young ruler, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And, he, and he's to love his neighbor. And who is my neighbor? And so that issues in the Good Samaritan parable. And then Luke goes and inserts this. Now, it happened as they went. So he's still journeying. They entered a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him to her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And then this is, you know, Martha is, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So we have a fight in the kitchen. Well, everybody's not in, everybody hasn't reported for duty in the kitchen. (laughs) Anyways, these are two precious women, uh, this family, and Jesus was close to this family and their brother was Lazarus. Now, Luke doesn't tell us what village. He doesn't say Bethany. But he says, Martha and Mary. And this account is unique to Luke. The kitchen, the meal account here is only in Luke. Now, when we go to the Gospel of John, we'll go back to our chart. When we go to the Gospel of John, what we find out is, Bethany, right here. AQ. You don't have a, you don't have AQ on your table. I didn't print out page six. But this is the meal six days before the Passover in Bethany. Jesus shows up in Jerusalem. First, he, he comes via, he comes via Jericho and he enters Bethany six days before the third Passover and that's when Mary and Martha give a supper in honor of Jesus and Lazarus is present. So that's where we learn who Mary and Martha are. So if the Mary and Martha in Luke are the Mary and Martha here in John then they are in Bethany. Then Luke has Jesus in Bethany at this point in time, and it's before Lazarus has died. Because Jesus raises Lazarus, who is the brother of Mary and Martha. Got it? Luke doesn't refer to Bethany. John does. So, Either either Jesus made a whole other trip south and went back north, or the Mary and Martha that 
Luke is talking about is not the Mary and Martha that John is talking about. Okay? I told you we're doing the hard stuff tonight. <laughs> so on my chart, I'm assuming that uh, they are they are the same. And Jesus did go down and spend time with this family. And he returned back north. Okay, and I have that on my chronology chart. He's coming all the way down south into Bethany. Okay, so continuing on with unique events in, in, in Luke, the Samaritan events, he came down here to Bethany, and then I, I put him back up here north uh, under AR, and let's look at our table. And uh, you notice when you look at the table there, the only references here are Luke. See that? That's because this, these events are unique to Luke. And so, so we're going to go back to Luke 13. So we've gone Luke 9, Luke 10, and now we're going to go to Luke 13. And we have Jesus back up here. I have him up here on the border of Galilee. So we're going to go back to Luke 13.22. All right. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And so then we have, are there few being saved? Oh, yeah. And then this warning from the Pharisees to leave because Herod wants to kill you. Alright? And that's in Luke. The reason... I'll tell you why that's geographically important in a moment. But in Luke 13:31, as he's journeying on that very same, on that very day, you know, they're journeying. Some of the Pharisees came, saying to him, "Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you." Now, who is Herod? Well, this is Herod Antipas, and we got to go back to the map now. Um, so let's go back to the map and we'll and we can locate where roughly where Jesus is by going back to the map. So here's our map. I hope you can read it. Now, these dotted lines are the different juris, Roman jurisdictions. Judea, which is number 1, which is in the south, see that region there? That's Judea and who's the governor there? It's not a Herod. An infamous person. Pilate. <laughs> okay, he's the governor of Judea. Right? And Herod is the governor of this region too here, up here in Galilee. That region right there is under Herod's jurisdiction. And Herod is also over here, east of the Jordan, in this area of Perea. That's Herod Antipas. Okay, that's the Herod that has John the Baptist executed. Okay? And so Jesus is traveling and some of the Pharisees tell him, get out of here because Herod wants to kill you. So Jesus is somewhere still in Herod's jurisdiction. 
Well, we're gonna we're doing only chronology and history tonight, okay? So so Luke has Jesus after the Mar- Martha and Mary meal. Luke has Jesus somewhere up here in near in Herod's jurisdiction. Right? You see, see what I'm saying? You guys, you guys following? So I mean we're we're doing the work of his we're like being historical detectives here and we're 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 combing through every bit of detail we have and it's surprising how much detail we actually do have and and you know if you're into this kind of thing you know you stay up late at night doing this <laughs> if you're not you don't come back to the Bible study I don't know what else to say but <laughs> but we'll be here Lord willing <laughs> next Wednesday maybe no nobody will be here I'll be here by myself. So that's what's going on there. So Jesus has been going, you know, south, and he's run. Maybe, maybe he's going along the border like this, a Samaritan village. But we're still in this region uh, of Galilee. But all right, he, he's somewhere. He's visited Mary and Martha. All right. So what I want to do? I want to go back to the to the chart. I got to escape out. All right. So. Um, that was AR. That's why I have See, I have AR still in Galilee. The reason I did that, because that's Herod's jurisdiction, is the what reason I stuck that in Galilee, that particular event. All right, Luke's next event is AS. Uh, healing the ten lepers in Samaria. All right, so where is that? Luke 17. Now, now we're going to advance to Luke 17. 1711, right there. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. You see, Luke is consistent. He is structuring this thing. He's traveling to Jerusalem and somehow he pops off to Bethany and comes back. But uh, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Uh, Then he entered a certain village and there met him ten men who were lepers. So he passed through this translation. It comes into play here. Sorry, I told you it was going to be difficult. Uh, Passed through the midst of Samaria. He was passing between Samaria and Galilee. So there's a translation issue here. He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Because it'll blow your mind if you try to get him passing through the midst, I, you won't see my finger pointing that way for going through Samaria and Galilee. But I believe these probably are better translations, the later translation here. So he's passing uh, somewhere on the border between Samaria and Galilee, and that's when he encounters the ten lepers. And so these are Jews and Samaritan lepers. Uh, we're doing history and chronology tonight. But isn't that interesting? The Jews and Samaritans hate each other. But when you're suffering, that kind of levels everybody. And now you've got Jews and Samaritans. And we know there's a Samaritan there because why? After he healed him, the Samaritan was the only one that came back to say thank you. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? 
he wasn't used to having things done for him like that. Maybe the Jews were. Maybe, yeah, the Jews were taking it for granted that God's supposed to heal us because I'm a Jew. I don't know. See, I, anyways. So, but doing our chronological and our historical work, so, so this event, we're, we're on the border passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So that is AS, right? Is that what I, is AS? Yeah, healing of the ten lepers. So see, I have, I have that in Samaria, but we're on, we're on the border. And I'm not going to flip over to the map again, because uh, some of that border is um, east to west, and then it goes down uh, south to north. So is that our fourth? No, that's our third ev- ev- uh, event. No, that's our fourth unique event in Luke. And now what I do is uh, I bring uh, Luke back into AT here, which is uh, not on our chart. Oh, I don't have the whole chart. Okay, that's Matthew and Mark. But let's stop there because I want to show you something that's even more difficult. <laughs> All right, so we're working with Luke. You're familiar enough. If you start studying these charts, you'll you'll be able to follow. Now, well, our dear brother John <laughs> wrote a gospel, and he's got mostly unique events in the gospel of John. Now he's got five, one, two, green are unique to the Gospel of John. And on page 139, we don't have the table, but I've summarized them. Get page 139 out, and you'll see there traveling to Jerusalem, uh, John, difficulties harmonizing John. And I actually labeled them on our chart, <laughs> J-A through J-E. <laughs> I, I, I launched a separate set of numbers, and I labeled the transitions J-1 to J-6. And all I've done is I've placed them on the chart. I haven't tried to connect them to the synoptics. I've just stuck them on the chart. All right, and here's what they are. Going all the way back, going to the Feast of Tabernacles, back up here in the fall. This is J- J1. Look at page three, 139. J1 is John 7.10. We were there earlier, but let's go back to John 7.10. And I'm going to walk us through John getting us from uh, winter to the third Passover with John's set of events. John 7 and verse 10. But when his brothers had gone up, he also went up to the feast. And we know this is the Feast of Tabernacles from verse 1. Verse 2, Now the Jews' feast of the tabernacles was at hand, and his brothers said, Depart from here, Galilee, and go into Judea, that your disciple... Anyways. So we, we know that this is a, 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 a north-south transition at the Feast of Tabernacles. 
And so when we go to our chronology chart, I simply show it not connected. I don't know how to connect that into all these events going on up in the north. So I show it on the chart, not connected, and it's the Feast of Tabernacles, and it's in the fall. Now, we know from this point forward, because of John, we know the time frame. There's like six months from this Feast of Tabernacles. There's three months here, and there's three months of the third Passover. But how to connect this up into Jesus' ministry in the north, I just don't know. Sometimes, I mean, this could not, this could have only taken six, seven, eight, well, two days to travel, maybe three, three days to travel, seven days for the feast, three days to return. So they could have done that in ten days. They're ministering up in the north. And that's what many Jews did, right? This is a pilgrim feast, and, and most Jews were expected three times a year to show up. So they, they could have done that. This whole, this whole event could be ten days to, to attend the feast. Okay? But we don't know where to connect it. Um, <clears throat> so that's J.A., John's unique event, the first one, A.A., and now we have another unique event of John, and that's the Feast of Dedication in the winter. And let's take a look at that. That is John chapter 10 and verse 22. John 10 and verse 22. And so there is a big, in John, there's a big chronological break here between verses 21 and 22. Okay, verse 21 is actually ending the Feast of Tabernacles, healing of the man born blind. And so there's three months. There's probably three months between verse 21 and 22. And so what John is doing, you can see what he's doing. John is cherry-picking certain key miracles and events that he wants to emphasize. So what John now does in chapter 10 is he goes to the Jesus at the Feast of Dedication. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's portico. So, we now know that it's winter and we know Jesus is in Jerusalem. Okay? So, back back to our chart. Uh, I don't know where... You see, J3 is not connected on my chart here. Where, where to connect this up in here? We don't have enough chronology, chronology up here to know when winter is. We don't have those kind of clues in the synoptic Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But that event is somewhere in this period. So we call that JB at the, at the Feast of Tabernacles. And I'm assuming Jesus returned to the north again. And now we have another incident unique in John where Jesus is at Bethany beyond the Jordan. 
and we'll call that JC. It's number three on page 139. Jesus' ministry beyond the Jordan, where John the Baptist had begun, many come to Jesus, many believe in him there. Now we're in John chapter 10, verses 40. So he has to leave Jerusalem because they try to kill him again. This is the argument about I and the Father are one. (laughs) That's what happens at the Feast of Dedication. Now, so John has to, Jesus has to depart because his time had not yet come. Okay, and here we are in John now. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. And John just gives us this note. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. Well, <laughs> there's an ambiguity here about the location of Bethany beyond the Jordan. So if you haven't learned anything else, you've learned a new word and how to apply it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. He, okay, he went again. So John tells us he retreated to Bethany beyond the Jordan, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John, John the Baptist, performed no sign, but all things that John the Baptist spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. So now we do need to go to the map to find out where Bethany beyond the Jordan is. So what does beyond the Jordan mean, by the way? you biblical scholars. What what did it meant to a Jew when you referred to beyond the Jordan? And where was that located? East of the Jordan River. That's outside of the promised land. East of the Jordan, beyond the Jordan is Gentile territory east of the Jordan. Not completely Gentile territory because what did two tribes do? There were two tribes that stayed beyond east of the Jordan. Even though in the promise made to Abraham, that was not included. But Moses allowed them to settle beyond the Jordan. It actually didn't turn out to be a good idea historically when you go through the Old Testament. <laughs> That's another story, another issue. But No. The, uh, anyways. Manasseh, half the, half, the, half the tribe was Manasseh and uh, I think Ephraim. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that gets to ask questions. <laughs> I don't remember which two tribes, not, not Benjamin. But that's what beyond the Jordan means. So let's look at the map here. Oh, I don't have to switch. So, Bethany beyond the Jordan. John, this is one of John's unique events. And, um, now, I have the hand. Okay, so, if you look at this map, it says Bethany beyond the Jordan is up here. Now, this map also says Bethany beyond the Jordan down here. Now, I'll tell you, I doctored this map and put this one in. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, you have a good memory. This map was from about 30, 40 years ago, actually, I think, when this was published. 
But there's been a lot of discussion of where Bethany beyond it. You see, they're both on the east side of the Jordan, right? Here's the Jordan River, and they're east of the Jordan. So that's the beyond the Jordan part. But it seems pretty clear that John the Baptist began his ministry up here and worked south. And what the Apostle John says is Jesus returned to the place where John began his ministry. So if we go with that, then Jesus did return back. John has Jesus up here after the Feast of Dedication because they tried to kill him. And what is he doing? He's waiting for Passover because Jesus intends to be put to death at the time of the Passover. He's the Lamb of God and they sacrificed the Passover lamb. And that's why Jesus keeps avoiding Jerusalem because they are trying to prematurely kill him. But he's not going to give up his life until it is the Passover because he's the Passover lamb. Now the other thing that's interesting that sort of plays with this is that this is not Herod's territory. He was over here and they said, get out of here because Herod wants to kill you. Now why would Herod want to kill him? Because he's a threat. What did this Herod's father do? This is Herod Antipas. What did his, what did Herod Antipas's father do when Jesus was born? Killed all the babies two years old and younger. Because there was a report circulating in Jerusalem that the king of the Jews had been born. And Herod the Great got wind of it and killed all of Jewish boys in Bethlehem. And Herod the Great inquired of the Jews, where is the king of the Jews to be born? And they told him in Bethlehem. And Herod Antipas is is Herod the Great's father. So if he was perceiving Jesus to be a political threat, and I believe he probably was, and so, so is what all, the reason I'm bringing that in is Jesus goes north, but he doesn't stay in Herod's territory. He's outside. It's Herod Philip over here. And he wasn't a madman. So he's outside of, of Herod uh, Antipas's territory because apparently Herod was trying to kill him also. So, all right. So, Go back to our chart by uh, by hitting the other PDF file. Uh, zoom up here a little bit. All right, so we're doing the unique events from John. So uh, uh, Jesus is at the Feast of Dedication, and then John tells us, I just put a dotted line there going all the way up to Bethany beyond beyond the Jordan. And that's about how far north that is. It's up the latitude of where Capernaum is. But it's not in a city. By the way, in this chart, when that bar is just out in the open, well, it says Bethany beyond the Jordan. I'm sorry. These Here's a bar that's not on a line. It just means we're in the region. We don't know what city we're in. 
We're just in the region. You see, because these lines are the cities, like that's Capernaum, and this is Caesarea Philippi. Mount Hermon up here, the Transfiguration, is not in the city. So that, that's when the, when the bar is not on a line. It's, not in a, it's just in the region. Anyways, only an engineer could come up with something like this. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so John, his unique events, we got Jesus during this period of time up here, Bethany beyond the Jordan. And we're just following John now. And what brings, according to the Gospel of John, what brings Jesus out from Bethany beyond the Jordan? What is it that causes Jesus to come back? The south. John chapter 11. Alright? John has Jesus in Bethany beyond the Jordan right here. And John's next event is, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, you see, that tells me that's part of the Luke event. See, that had been done earlier. Jesus is up by Bethany beyond the Jordan. Lazarus is critically ill, and they send Jesus a message. And basically, he's up there trying not to be killed by the Jews or Herod. (laughs) But he gets word from Bethany that their brother is ill. And so this is, and we'll not go through the account now, but Jesus stayed for three more days, and then Jesus traveled all the way south. So now we're going to go back to our chart. And so here we are, Bethany beyond the Jordan. Jesus gets word, and he travels all the way back down to Bethany, right here. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. All right? And from then, they, the, the, okay, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and now he's not going to stay in Bethany. He's almost in Jerusalem. There's only two miles between Bethany and Jerusalem. Okay, so he's, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and then what happens, let's look at our chart here on page 139. Jesus leaves Bethany after raising Lazarus And he remains with his disciples in Ephraim because the Jews are plotting to kill him again. Okay, let's see that in John chapter 11. So here we are in John 11. And let's get down to the bottom of John 11. And um, 54. Right. Okay, so then from that day on, uh, they plotted how to put him to death, how to put Jesus to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. All right? Now let's look at the map. <laughs> and so he goes down to Bethany 
to raise Lazarus from the dead, according to John, and then he stays, he goes to Ephraim, and there's Ephraim. He doesn't go all the way north, he stays in Ephraim, which is uh, almost in between Samaria and Judea. Let's go back to our, I can just zoom up this way. All right, so now we're down here. So that's this transition right here. Jesus is in Ephraim. See Ephraim there? Okay, so he, he leaves Bethany. There's Bethany. He raises Lazarus. He leaves Bethany, goes to Ephraim. And now he's staying there in Ephraim. Right? And now the next place that John has Jesus is coming back to Bethany. Now, we know he entered from Jericho. So, I connect from Ephraim to Jericho to Bethany. (laughs) And we know that because of the... the John has a triumphal entry. So, what John does, John doesn't mention Jericho. He just skips it. And I'm I'm pretty confident about that. And let's go back to John. Uh, So, John has Jesus in Ephraim. And here comes John again. And the Passover of the Jews was near. And many went from the country up to Jerusalem, the Passover. They sought Jesus. The, the pilgrims are coming up a week or two before the Passover. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given command that if anyone knew where he was, that he should report it, that they might arrest him. John skips Jericho. Because we know from the synoptics, when Jesus came to Jerusalem this last time, he goes through Jericho, and from Jericho he goes to Bethany. So John leaves that out. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, and they gave him a dinner. And the next day is the triumphal entry. The synoptics don't mention the dinner. They mention him coming from Jericho, going and getting the donkey and doing the entry. John just does the opposite. John doesn't mention Jericho, but shows this meal. And Lazarus is at the meal. Jesus and Lazarus are honored guests. Lazarus has been risen from the dead at this point. And so now we can go to our chronology chart. And all roads do end up converging at the triumph at Jericho. So... Here we are, Jesus and Ephraim, and I connect it to Jericho. And Matthew and Mark are connected with A.T. into Jericho. So we connect together at Jericho, we go through Jericho, and then Jesus comes six days before the Passover, Jesus comes into Bethany. And right here is the supper with Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and then the triumphal entry. Well, the triumphal entry is here, I'm sorry. This is the supper, and then the triumphal entry. So, All right. So, there you go. I told you it was going to be tough. But you can work through all the details with this chart and this table. And maybe you can study it and uh, shed more light on it. 
there are there are some other theories that maybe make more connections. But I always say this: the skeptics know all of this, okay? And ignorance as Christians is not a good thing. So I expose you to everything. So now the other thing we have to be careful of: we don't expect these. Synoptics, that's a technical word. Who knows what that means? When we, it's a shortcut when we try to talk. What are the synoptic Gospels? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And they're similar. And so that's a technical term. So when you don't want to say Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you can just say the synoptics. You're not referring to some other texts that were... No, I mean the synoptic Gospels... Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Oh, <laughs> from from the nos the the Gnostic part. Yeah, I think so. thought you were talking. Well, maybe you were talking about the Gospel of Thomas, right? <laughs> that is funny. I, I, that's funny. So I, I was going to make a point. Um, Yeah, there's there's similarity between them, and when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's there's quite a bit of similarity. They're different, but this the synoptic authors they're not writing history like we would expect in the ninth, you know, nineteen, you know, nineteenth and twenty and twenty first centuries to, to write history. Okay, they they don't write history that way, and so uh, it's not it's not fair to to say well there's there's errors because it's not written as a 19th or 20th century history text. I mean, they're not actually intending; they're, they're writing a very unique genre of things, aren't they? I mean, there's all kind of discussion. Well, what kind of genre is the are the Gospels, and they're kind of unique. <laughs> you can't find a specific genre in literature that, oh yeah, Matthew and Mark followed, you know, Victorian way you wrote history in Victorian England. No, I mean, they are building their story. There is a uniqueness about them. Richard. Absolutely. And people and you put it all together chronologically, it 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 is it helps it impacts more what you get the impact of what, what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, so um uh, ben Howard, I told you uh, we, we were going to challenge you on some chronological stuff a couple of weeks ago. We finally got to it. So uh, I, re- I really sweated on. I, I, I'd be ashamed to tell you how long it took me to put this together, but I did it because I wanted to study through it. 
in detail myself. And so don't, don't feel bad if you haven't seen this at this point in your life. I'm 66 years old. <laughs> and I've preached through uh, all of the Gospel of John and all of the Gospel of Luke. And, uh, and so I know some of this chronological stuff. But I never attempted to do my own harmonization. Basically what this is, you can buy books that are like Harmony of the Gospels and they try to put everything in chronological order from all four Gospels. So what I'm leading you through is, is, is a harmonization. How do you harmonize all these events and line them up and get them lined up? But I never had personally done it myself. And that's just me. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, but trying to do it yourself you know, you don't have to, you're not going to reinvent the quadratic equation, you know, or some integrals. And But it's good to learn how to develop the quadratic equation if you're studying math. It's good to go through it. Rachel. Uh, I'm done. I, 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 we did the Old Testament. I have different charts. I have some charts with the Old Testament. But uh, the Old Testament is uh, not that difficult chronologically. I mean, there's some issues. There's some issues in it. I don't know how we're going to do the book of Acts, you know, how we're going to do post-resurrection as far as the New Testament. You know, here it's easy. We're tracking only one person. I was trying to construct a chart where I had Jesus and all of the apostles on the same chart. And... And it's just too busy. It just, it just, so I am kind of trying to come up with a method of the, the history of the early church through the first, you know, the first 30, 40, 50 years up to the destruction of the Jerusalem. So we'll be working on that together when, when we get through the gospels and we keep, keep going. So. All right. So next week we'll jump in and look at these events now that we've spent this time thinking about the chronology. And we'll kind of overview these events. So, I know it's late. We've gone over, but we, we needed to finish this. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Ben, you could lead us in prayer tonight, brother. Father, Father, thank you so much for the time that we've been able to come together considering your word and, and the information that you've left us to follow and to look into for ways to model our life pleasing to you, God. Thank you for this beautiful day that you provided to us and the opportunity to all come together. Pray the safety of everybody that's here as they travel home. That you bring us back to worship you together on Sunday. All in the name of Christ. Amen.